This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my precious service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be visiting with Debbie Garcia Bengochea, and she's the executive director of Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses. And Debbie's going to talk with us about the work their therapy horses are doing in the United States and around the world. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Debbie to the show. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Hello, Debbie, and welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to hear about your program. So just go ahead and tell us. What is the mission of Gentle Carousel (laughs) Miniature Therapy Horses, which I just love saying? Yeah, Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses, it's an all-volunteer charity, and this is our 20th year of service. But the teams of therapy horses work with thousands of adults and children every year inside hospitals, hospice programs, and with families who have experienced traumatic events like they were called in to comfort the survivors and first responders right after the mass shootings at Sandy Hook Elementary School. They were in Charleston after the the tragedy at the church there. They worked with the medical examiner's office after the Pulse nightclub tragedy in Orlando. And then they get also called in if there have been natural disasters, like um, they worked with the tornado survivors in Moore, Oklahoma, the children that were trapped in the schools, the survivors of the fires in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, hurricane survivors, just really anything where there is a need, the horses are called in by those communities. Wow. Well, tell us, so uh, 20 years, that's a long time to be doing this work. How did you guys get started? Well, I wish I could say we had this great plan 20 years ago, (laughs) but I think it's sort of grown and developed. We first started working with children with special needs. And, you know, at the time, there were no horses really doing the kind of therapy work that these horses were doing. People could go to horses for therapy, therapeutic riding programs and things like that. But for people who couldn't travel, this was the alternative. 
to be able to bring horses to people instead. So it has grown through the years. The training program has developed through the years, and now the horses go through about a two-year in-hospital training program, and then they are always learning and growing and, and practicing from there. Wow. Well, yeah, that's why I was wondering, because I was thinking about 20 years ago, this was not so common to hear about miniature therapy horses. So tell me, so you said you mentioned the training piece, which is what I was really interested in. Tell us a little bit more about that. And also, Debbie, where are you guys located, first of all? Well, we are located in North Florida, but the horses travel all around the country. So they've been, they've been everywhere, and they're also in Europe. But our home base is in North Florida. Okay. Where in North Florida? Just curious. I used yeah, to live near, there. Near Gainesville. <laughs> oh, yeah. Florida. That's, oh, yeah. Yes, that's beautiful horse country. Absolutely. Yeah. So then tell us about the training. So how does someone become a volunteer? What do they have to do? Not only the horse training piece, but also the volunteer. What do they have to do? Well, for the horses, first of all, like I said, they go through a training program. It takes a lot of work to make it look easy. You know, when they go into a hospital, they don't get to visit the location first. They go in and it's, you know, it's cold. You know, they go in the doors and nobody really knows exactly how it's set up or what's going to happen. And, you know, working indoors would be a challenge for any horse, but... They do make it easy even inside high-rise hospital buildings and things like that. They have to learn how to walk up and down steps, ride in elevators, walk on unusual floor surfaces, move around all the hospital equipment, even in intensive care, learn to work in small spaces, small patient rooms, and then really just to stay calm around unexpected sounds like ambulances and alarms and hospital helicopters and all of the kind of things that you you can't plan for. And then for our volunteers, it really depends what they're doing and, and where they're located. When the horses travel, we actually have volunteers that are in different locations that help out there. And the volunteers that are here locally in Florida really need to bond and get to know individual horses. And, you know, and there are lots of different ways to volunteer as well. Like uh, when the horses go into a children's hospital, they leave stuffed horses on each of the beds in the rooms that they visit. But there is a whole team of volunteers at the villages here in, in Florida, Operation Shoebox, and all year long they sew these beautiful handmade stuffed horses for us and then deliver them for us to deliver. And they were designed by a neonatal nurse, so they're safe even for small children. So there's lots of ways of volunteering and, you know, just depending on what somebody's personal expertise is. Oh, I love that, Debbie. That is such a great idea. And you're right. That's such a, another wonderful way people can get connected and involved if they're not able to actually take the horses out and be in the hospital setting. I love that. And what a great thing to leave so that whoever they visit can keep that memory with them of that wonderful encounter. That's so, so dear. I love that. Well, and so tell us, so do you guys house all of the horses or do your volunteers have some of them that live with them? How does that work? We've done it different ways through the years. Right now, there are 19 therapy horses at Gentle Carousel in the U.S., and they are together on one farm. And actually, 
because we know that we are asking them to do unusual things, they have a very natural life when they're off duty. They're in a lifetime herd. Those are their friends that they stay with. And they do a lot of moving around. They have a huge habitat outdoors. So we want to make sure that even though, you know, they do challenging things, they have a great life. And the individual therapy horses, when they are not traveling, only work two days a week. So they have five days a week just to be horses. And we think that actually makes them happier and more stable at the work that they do. And and we are aware, too, that it takes a special horse to be both happy and safe working in an indoor environment. So, But they are all together, and then we have a team of therapy horses in Greece that work in Europe as well. Yeah, wow. I really appreciate you saying that because I can only imagine how stressful it is for these horses in those environments that you described within ICUs and with helicopters landing. You know, that is really intense environments that you're asking these horses to enter and not only enter, but perform a a task where they're actually interacting with individuals who are in need of their being very present and being very calm. So that's wonderful that they have that life so that they have their career, um, but then they also have a really great quality of life. That's so important. Well, tell us, so if there is like in some of those examples that you gave of Sandy Hook and the Pulse nightclub, what happens when you guys get a call like that? Do you work with government agencies or how do you get invited into these communities? Well, you know, sometimes we do work with government agencies, but usually, and and the horses only go to locations where the community itself has contacted us and has a plan for what they want the horses to do. And sometimes we'll do one thing, like with after the Pulse nightclub tragedy, you know, we were working with families and first responders and medical people, and then we got a call back from Orange County, and they said, you know, that that the medical examiner's office also wanted the horses to come in and be with them. So we go where the horses are called in specifically by the community, and they know what is the best situation for the horses to be in. When we were at Sandy Hook, for instance, I think the first time that the children there saw each other was with these therapy horses after the tragedy, and we were told to be at the Newtown Library at a certain time. And they said, you know, there may only be one or two children there, and which is fine with us. And 600 people showed up. Wow. To be with the horses. And we were, used the uh, interrogation room of the, uh, the Newtown Police Department or, you know, and the people were amazing. And I think that, you know, for us, even though the horses are going into challenging situations, whether it's working with a child in hospice care or, you know, working with a a situation that's more nationally known, you know, in those situations, you really do see the best in people, you know, in the worst of circumstances. And, you know, a lot of people will ask us, well, is it difficult to be around situations and is it difficult for the horses? But I think that in the moment that the horses arrive, it is such a happy experience. You know, when elevators doors open in a children's <laughs> hospital and little horses start coming out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not thinking about what you're going through. You're yep. thinking about, you know, that there's a horse in my room. Yes. And, and and so that part is kind of a, you know, a magical experience. 
experience. That's so. the word that was coming to my mind was magical when you described that. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what you're focused on is, is that experience and not the other unpleasant things that may be happening. So I'm just curious, what kind of crisis response training do your volunteers get to be in those highly charged, intense situations? Well, you know, again, it depends on the the individual situation, but I think most of it is people kind of know what they can handle and what they can't handle. And in the same ways, we know which horses have certain skills to go into certain kinds of situations. They all have, you know, their basic hospital training. They work in hospitals and things like that. But then there are other situations, not just, you know, super challenging, you know, national news situations, but lots of things where we know certain horses and certain volunteers have skills that are best suited for that situation. We have one little horse, Scout, and he is a state park ranger in addition to his work (laughs) as a therapy horse. So he greets children at the nature center when the school buses come. He, He does nature walks and participates in park events and especially literacy events. And Gentle Carousel has been doing a literacy program in libraries and schools for years as well, and they work in high-crime neighborhoods. But part of the admission for some of the state parks during the year are children's books. So the children's books are donated to get into the parks, and then Ranger Scout, he takes them and delivers them to children in need who, you know, might not have books at home. So there are lots of different kinds of things that they do that are not always crisis kinds of things, but it still makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And I love how you're building on, as you described with Scout, who is beyond adorable, by the way. I saw Scout's photo. He is so, so cute. But that's so great that he can do that with the state as a park ranger and then also share those books in the library. So I'm just curious, when the horses go into a situation, how do they interact with the children or or the individuals? Do you guys have a series of things that they can do that are like entertaining to the children or is it more that the children can touch them? What is an interaction like? Well, you know, it, it again, it really depends on the individual situation. The horses have a lot of skills about how to go into a situation, how to be safe in a situation, but we also don't really want them doing tricks. We want them that when they interact with someone, it's real, that they choose to do certain behaviors that, you know, for instance, when you were talking about Magic, one of our therapy horses, Magic, went into an assisted living program with a couple of other horses a number of years ago, and she was with a woman. She went over and she laid her head in the woman's lap. And we kind of let the horses choose in a lot of ways where they want to go and what they want to do, as long as we know that they're safe and they keep their feet back from toes and wheelchairs and, you know, all the things that (laughs) that need to happen at the same time. But the woman started petting her and she said, it's a horse, it's beautiful. And we looked up and the staff was all crying. They'd never heard her speak before. And uh, she'd been there for three years and they told her that they loved her and she said, I love you too. And she continued talking after that that situation. Mm -hmm. So you see the horses kind of engage in different ways. There was a, a little boy 
who we were at a camp for children with cancer. And Magic kept wanting to go over to the same little boy, and she put her forehead on his forehead. And they just stood there together. He was oh. sitting and, he, and wouldn't move, which is unusual for little boys and horses. Yeah. <laughs> but we found out that he had found out that morning that his cancer had come back. Mm. And I think horses also are very sensitive to, to people's feelings and things that are going on. So yes. we really do want to give them the opportunity to interact the way that they want to. And I, I think that makes a big difference, too. And there's such a, a range of people that they meet. Like, we mm-hmm. just finished our summer children's hospital tour, and they were with people from, the, you know, little babies fighting cancer to, uh, you know, our last visit was at a veterans hospital, and they were with this wonderful 93-year-old World War II veteran who'd been a POW. So there's just such a range of needs and people that they meet. And in addition to just being visiting people and encouraging people, you know, they work as part of the treatment teams for the occupational speech and physical therapists. So they work with people who, you know, have been in accidents or burn victims or, you know, have spinal cord injuries. So they've been with people who've stood for the first time since their surgeries, who've reached out for the first time, who've talked for the first time. So there's a lot that they do that's actually part of being part of a medical treatment team. Yeah. Oh, Debbie, that's so wonderful. What powerful work. Well, we are going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. We love our sponsors. Um, And we're going to come right back because we have lots more to talk about with Debbie. And we really want to hear about the work that you just have been doing in Greece. So come right back after these quick messages. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories, party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Debbie Garcia Bingochea with Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses. And before the break, Debbie was really sharing with us some wonderful examples of experiences and work that these amazing little miniature therapy horses are doing. And Debbie, there was one thing I really wanted to ask you about, and that is the recent work that you guys have been doing in Greece. Tell us about that. 
Well, Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses Grease, that program has been going for about six years now. And the horses there were specifically working with children in orphanages and uh, people in institutions. And they were also just happened to be at the right place at the right time working with uh, orphans, Syrian refugee orphans who all wound up coming into Greece. So they're amazing horses, and they do some pretty spectacular work over there. It's been, to be honest, a challenging few weeks with Gentle Carousel Greece. I, I don't know if you saw the fires and everything that happened yes. in yes. Greece. That town, that area that the fires took place, is the location where Gentle Carousel Greece is located. And, um, you know... So many people lost their lives, adults and children. The orphanage that they um, have worked with for years was destroyed, and unfortunately it was all arson. Oh. Like it was. But all of the horses and the, the fire burned all the way up to the facility with gentle care, where Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses Grease is located about 65 feet from the barns. You know, everything around it was destroyed. The, the cars were melted into the roads. I mean, it was an intense fire that it went from three mountains over to the middle of town in just 20 minutes. So the horses there, everyone survived, and all of the volunteers who were with the horses and the horses, they initially put them in vans to try to escape, but the roads were blocked by so much smoke and traffic, so they had to get back out of the vans, all of the horses, and make a run for the sea. Mm-hmm. And they had to go into the sea until the fire was put out. And I think, you know, again, the kind of training that the horses had saved them because they were able to go, you know, around the fires and traffic and everything that was going on and make it to the sea. And I think if they hadn't had the experience that they had, that there's no way that could have happened. And they could have stayed calm enough in that kind of challenging situation. So even though things are very tough there and there needs to be, you know, rebuilding and all of that, they were able to go into the hospitals and work with the families, you know, oh. who had, you know, and even on the beach while people were waiting for the fires to go out, they were surrounded by children. So oh. they do, they do an amazing work there and just their regular work is just phenomenal. And the orphanages in Greece, the children stay there their whole childhood. You know, they're not usually adopted. They go in as possibly as babies and stay until they're adults. So these horses play a very important part of their entire childhood. Wow. And a long-term relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to hear that all the horses survived and were safe. But, oh, yes, it's been catastrophic what, what happened with those fires in Greece. And it's just, it's going to take a long time to recover from that. So are, are you guys working on that and, and trying to rebuild already? Or what are the efforts that are happening? Well, we've done some fundraising. You know, uh, we'll be going over from the United States taking supplies that, you know, that they can't get right now, medical supplies and things like that for the horses. And, you know, it's just going to be, unfortunately, a project in putting things back to place because so much of the town's infrastructure is, you know, also destroyed right now. And, you know, just working on things like water and electricity and, and all of that. But, you know, it's, uh, I think it's like everything else with, with this charity, you know, it's an all-volunteer charity. No one gets paid, so all 
25,000 or so adults and children that are worked with every year, we just kind of keep going, you know, from month to month. And some things are just hard to say no to. And we always seem to, you know, to work things out. Yeah. Wow. 25,000 people served. That is huge for a nonprofit that relies on donations. So what advice would you have, Debbie, for someone who wants to work with a therapy horse and do this kind of volunteer outreach? What would you advise them? Well, I think, you know, the most important thing is Having the right horse, I mean, because a lot of people will say to us, well, I have a miniature horse, mm-hmm. but to find the right fit that a horse that is truly happy doing this kind of work to us is so important. And, you know, it's not the job for every horse or, you know, yeah. just because a horse is small doesn't mean that they're they're happy or safe working indoors. So I think being willing to really put the time into it, it's not something that can be rushed. I mean, training a horse to go indoors is a lot different than having a dog. <laughs> yes, go it is. Indoors. <laughs> and, you know, to have a herd animal, it's a flight animal. To be able to go up and down elevators when the floor kind of drops out from under you. And, and you know, when we go onto an elevator, everybody wants to be on that elevator. <laughs> to yeah, say that yeah, they rode an seat. elevator with right, a horse, right. you know. So, to, right. but, you know, all of the steps along the way, we were just talking through the steps going into a hospital recently. And Marco, the horse that was going in, he had to cross traffic and because... And I will say, we're working on getting a minivan, which would make parking a lot easier for the horses, Mm because right now we have a truck and trailer, so you wind up parking at a distance, and then they have to cross roads. You know, he had to go past an ambulance that was with a siren to get into the building. There's a sliding glass door, four different floor surfaces, going up elevators, you know, that people got on with him, and that was just to get to the children. Mm-hmm. and start doing that kind of work. So there really aren't shortcuts. I mean, I know everybody wants to do it fast and right away, but yeah. it really does take the time to make it safe for everyone that is around the horses, but also to make it not stressful for the horses. They need to feel like so happy and comfortable and easy. Mm-hmm. We were at a program two days ago, and there were 600 people, six floors, and to have horses that are just chill, you know, just relax in that setting. We always say they have to have pretty big egos. You know, they they really like being center of attention, you know, and that makes a big difference too. So I think that's the biggest thing is taking things in steps, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure you have great insurance and uh, that you really, because there are a lot of different organizations that certify therapy horses Mm -hmm. with all different standards from you know, you know, not even being certified, but having never been indoors before. Yes. Yeah. There's a big range. So it's ultimately up to the owner of the horse to make sure that they have that relationship with their horse and that they really put the time in and they can really trust that if something goes wrong, and it always does, <laughs> something yes, always it happens, sure does. Yes. <laughs> that that horse is going to look to you. And that's what we see is horses looking to their trainers, you know, and handlers mm-hmm. going, are we good? Mm-hmm. And exactly. Like, yes, yeah. we're good. No matter yeah. what's going on right now, we are good. And yeah. you know, and a lot of things too you can't practice for. Like right. the horses were invited to uh to meet the panda twins at a zoo and to go into the program because they do a lot of work with children, a, a tremendous amount of work with reading and literacy programs, so they wind up going into some unusual locations, but in this particular location, they had to walk over a wooden ramp bridge 
with water running under it, with elephants next to it, you know, just things that you can't always practice for. And so Mm -hmm. there are times that they just have to really trust. Or they were in Nashville, and they were supposed to do an introduction on on a stage, famous stage in Nashville. And what we didn't know is that everyone would stand up, and they got a standing ovation Uh, from the stage. Mm-hmm. So they didn't get to practice for that when they went in earlier and just checked out the stage without people. And they were great, and they handled it great. But there has to be that real bond yes. with who they're working with to make sure that they are calm and know that everything is fine. Right. And, and confident in each other. For. Yeah. Well, tell us, where do you get your horses? Do you guys breed them? Do you purchase them? How do you get your horses? Well, originally, we had purchased horses. I mean, at this point, they're multiple generation therapy horses. So they are born here. You know, we don't have that many, but the ones that are, you know, when we are adding a horse to the program, they're born here. They are worked with from the minute they're born. You know, they are bonded with people. They have moms who trust us completely. And that makes a huge difference. So, you know, they start learning to walk on different floor surfaces, to be house trained, which is huge for a horse. All of those kind of things, they start from the very beginning. And as the foal is training, they actually make their first visits with their moms in in hospitals to get used to all the sights and sounds. And we have hospitals that let us train, you know, there. So we do all of that. And then in addition... We have uh, Marema sheepdogs, which are livestock guardian dogs who live with the horses. They're with them. They protect them. So they're also bonded with these dogs. I think the dogs think they're horses or the horses (laughs) think they're dogs, but they are all together. So speaking of working animals, another whole show, but the amazing work that these dogs do to be with them and keep them safe and how much, you know, the, say, the mares trust those dogs to be around their, their foals and to be part of their lives and grow up with them, too. So, yeah, it starts very early. But at this point, the, the horses that we have are born here, and they're, they're, you know, handled and worked with and trained and loved from the very beginning. Mm. Well, it just sounds like you have such a holistic approach where you're just setting them up for such success. That's so wonderful that you guys, with your 20 years of experience, you really have provided that to them. You provide that wraparound of a family, a very supportive family, so that they can have the confidence and the trust that they need to do this kind of work. Well, I I think that we feel like we owe that to them. You know, they do such amazing work. They've helped so many people. But we do think it makes a, a big difference. And even though they're very small, And, you know, again, a lot of people say, oh, it's like a therapy dog. The horses are so different and their needs are so different. And that's why even the little things like in the wild, horses will move just eating 20 miles a day. And so when they are here in our, on our facility, all of their food is put out in small areas all over the entire habitat so that they, as a herd, continue to move all day long, so that their their whole system is working like, mm-hmm. it, you know, you can't change nature. Right. And sometimes we think we can, but you can't. Right. So, you know, all of those kind of things, horses eat with their heads down, you know, from the ground. So, you know, we make sure that that's what we do with them. And miniature horses, you know, can have health issues and things like that if, they're not getting the kind of care that they need, but these mm-hmm. guys are are amazing, and they yeah. you know they 
are healthy. And, I mean, we have obviously great veterinarians and, and people that stay on top of all of that. But in addition, just having a natural life that makes sense to them is really important. And it's funny, the horses that just got home, you know, we take them out to the pasture and their whole herd comes and meets them. <sighs> and then they walk away together. So they have a bond with each other that sometimes I don't think we, you know, we as humans always think about how much they mean to each other. And these long-time relationships that are at this point, you know, 15 or 16 years that these horses have been together as, you know, as family mm. uh, makes a big difference. Absolutely. And we, and we make sure when they travel that they always, because they are herd animals, you know, that they travel with a friend, that they're with another horse because, you know, we feel like they need that too. And they definitely have specific horses that they like being with. You know, they have, a, a, you know, that have relationships. And the entire herd, it's not, pecking order isn't the correct word for it, but they all know who's in charge all the way down through. Everybody has a place in the herd and is looked after by by the other horses in the herd. So when some horses are laying down sleeping because they do need their REM sleep, at least some of it, they don't always stand up sleeping, the other horses gather around them when they're sleeping so they can relax and feel protected and they take turns doing that. So horses really do need other horses. In our opinion, to oh, be with. yeah. Well, I know if all of us supported each other like you're describing, that is just so beautiful. And the way we really should be supportive of each other to make sure we can all be successful, which is what you guys are doing. So that that's just so beautiful and wonderful. Well, Debbie, I could listen to you talk all day, and I just can't thank you enough for being with us. And just really quickly, if you could tell us how can our listeners get more information about your beautiful program? How can they volunteer? How can they donate? What should they do? Well, they can go to our website. It's gentlecarouseltherapyhorses.com. And from there, if they want to see what we're doing, we post on Facebook every day what the horses are up to. So they can use the link on the website to go to our Facebook page and see what we're up to there. We are an all-volunteer nonprofit charity. So if people want to donate and help, the money goes directly, not to salaries, but directly to the horses, the transportation costs, insurance, all of those kind of things to keep them busy and helping people all year long. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being with us and sharing this. And we hope you'll come back. We would love to hear more about those dogs um, and the work oh, that yeah. they're doing. <laughs> so we're going to hold you to that, Debbie, that you really that would will be great. come back. Yeah, because we want to hear more about what you're doing and, and how you're creating this incredible environment to enable these miniature therapy horses to touch so many lives. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us today. We're so glad you could join us. And we love to hear from you. So please keep your comments and ideas for shows coming. And you know you can reach us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And as always, Lovey and I invite you to keep following Working Like Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We just love connecting with you and seeing your photos of your amazing working dogs and working animals. So thanks so much for being with us and take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.